In today's show, we look back at Sunday's games in the NBA, including the first and second 50-point games of the season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Also on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble as well. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NBA. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are, of course, available on all platforms. What a wild day in the NBA. Uh, did you win your fantasy matchup? Please let me know down in the uh, comments here on YouTube below if you did happen to win your matchup. Hopefully, hopefully you did. Hopefully you didn't get wrecked playing against two of the 50 boys today. Joel Embiid or Darius Garland or even Shea Gildas-Alexander. They drove some absolute monsters. Uh, we'll see which of those guys later in the show gets the monstrous line of the night. Did a waiver wire show earlier in the day, so we're not going to do most added and most dropped players in this show. Um, yeah, you can go and check out the waiver wire show to find that out. Um, and then we'll get back to that, of course, tomorrow. We've got news to cover. We've got games to preview. Not pre preview. Review. Review is the word. So, <clears throat> Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, some news that has dropped. John Wall won't play tomorrow. That is the first of a back-to-back -back for the Clippers. So he'll sit out the first game of this back-to-back -back and play on Tuesday. Kawhi is allegedly, well, not allegedly, he is on the, the road trip with the team. He won't play Monday. I don't expect him to play Tuesday, but maybe Kawhi is back at the end of the week. Maybe, fingers crossed. Hopefully, potentially, maybe. It's also likely that Chris Middleton returns this week. Which game that is, I don't know. We know that he's been ruled out for tomorrow along with Drew, but Giannis and Grayson Allen are likely to return. But Middleton's return and Pat Connaughton's are pretty close, and they'll probably come in the next two to three games. Um, Jalen Brown returns for Boston. Al Horford's back-to-back -back spasms are okay. He's ready to go, but Malcolm Brogdon remains out. I think you can drop Brogdon. We know that there's always going to be injury issues with him, and he's not performing that well anyway. See you later. Van Vliet is out again. In Toronto, so yeah, Thad Young's going to get more playmaking opportunities. Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent are going to get every opportunity to destroy your field goal percentage once more. Boucher is going to get a lot more shots, so the Boucher and the Young streams, they're still there. And OG hopefully takes on a larger offensive role as well with Fred out. Deeper leagues, you'd want to look at Malachi Flynn and Delano Banton, given they're the only other guards on the roster. And for those of you crazy people in deep leagues like myself, Orlando Robinson has been signed as a two-way player for the Heat. They waived Drew Smith. Robinson was a center out of Fresno State. He has a very interesting fantasy-friendly game. A nice points and rebounds guy. Can get some blocks and be, and be efficient. Maybe a little bit of threes. Not really, though. Um, and the fact that they've brought him in, because Omer Yertsevin's going to be out a while. Dedman's a little bit banged up. There might be some minutes. It won't be many. But in deeper leagues, you want almost anyone who's a regular rotation player. So... Just keep an eye on Orlando Robinson and see what they end up doing there in Miami. 
because there is there are minutes available for him if he's able to play into them. And they've obviously waived Drew Smith and brought him in for a particular purpose. So let's see how they deploy Orlando Robertson, if they deploy him at all. That's the majority of the news. The other stuff that's related to games today, we'll talk about when we're talking about those games. So let's, yeah, let's do the first one. It was an early one, an astonishingly early one for some reason. The Thunder go on the road against the Knicks and beat them in Madison Square Garden. I guess it's what happens when you go up against a bottom three coach in the NBA in Tom Thibodeau. The Knicks continue to struggle despite all of their proclamations of their excellent offseason and all this sort of stuff. They lose again. 145-135. Let's talk about the good team here, the Thunder, who are one guy, one game under 500. Um, Shea was brilliant again. This is the number two player in fantasy this season. He is number five in Yahoo Points Leagues. He's averaging over 52. Is he a sell high? Yes, but also absolutely not. And I say that because no one is giving you top 10 value or probably even top 20 value. And the only reason you are selling Shea Gildas-Alexander is because you are fearing the mythical shutdown. Can Shea get hurt? Yes. Does he get hurt a lot? Yes. Is he going to sit down for no reason? I don't think so. So no one is giving you a top 10 player. I'd be more inclined. Maybe it's risky. It probably is risky. But I'm more inclined to roll it, roll with it, and just let it play out. And I've even told you what he did today. 37, 5, and 8, 3 steals, 2 blocks. The shot blocking of this bloke is unbelievable. Almost swore. Um, two threes as well, which he hadn't been doing. This is just phenomenal stuff from Shea Goodis Alexander. Also, we're going to do the buy low show on Wednesday this week or Tuesday. I don't know which day it is for you. I think it's Wednesday for me. Josh Giddy was in my last one. He's not going to be on the next one. 24, 10, and 12, 71% shooting. That's not realistic, but back to 20% usage. We talked, hey, why is assists so low? Why the hell are his rebounds at half of last year's rate? And then since then, he's had two double-digit rebound games in a row, and he's the 56th-ranked player over the last week. So buy low, done. Value back. We're good. We're feeling all right, yeah? Hopefully. Um, Lou Dort fouled out, played only 24 minutes, but somehow was able to score 24 points in that time. No, my son is also named Bort. And in true Lou Dort style, he did jack shit else. Three rebounds, zero assists, didn't have a steal. He shot 73%, got six of six from the line. That's really good. But he is, what, the 160th ranked player this season? But the the difference is in points leagues, he's 112th. So he is a 12-team points league guy, not really a category guy. Pokyshevsky, only 18 minutes. Someone on the live show said, hey, why is Poku's minutes all over the place? Because he's Dagnot a bad coach. Well, no, Mark Dagnot's actually a really good coach. And the reason why Pokashevsky's minutes are all over the place is that he just looks at everything, doesn't care about reputation, doesn't care about name, doesn't care about egos. He just goes, who's going to give me the best option here to win? And he mustn't have thought the Poku was going to do it today against the Knicks, so he played him 18 minutes. 12, 2, and 3, 2, 3 is a steal and a block. He's also experimenting with stuff. Robinson Earl goes from DMP to 31 minutes. Aaron Wiggins goes from 30 minutes to 21 minutes. Guys are just all over the place. That's going to be the case. I would still hold Poku, who had 12, 2, and 3 with 2, 3 is a steal and a block. That's still really good. And he still remains a top 35 player over the last week. And I wouldn't do anything to worry about Robinson Earl, although 17 and 7 is good. It helps that, yeah, look at these guys. Three of these players, Giddy, Dort, and Robinson Earl shot over 71%, and then Shea shot 59 In fact, the only players in the Thunder who shot under 50% were Aaron Wiggins, Kenrich Williams, and Trey Mann in three minutes. That's crazy. Um, Wiggins didn't do anything. That's not a surprise. The Bronco, he really struggled. Jalen Williams. Broncos country. Let's ride. Eight points with nothing else. He is just a, a watch guy, a deeper league player, until we can get an established regular sort of role. He's not there yet, of course. For the Knicks, you're going to look at some of these Knicks performances, good and bad, and wonder what happened. Well, this is what happened. They were getting smashed, and Thibodeau decided to run with the bench unit, plus Randall and Cam Reddish. 
So Reddish played 33 minutes. He had 26-3-2 and two with four steals and a block with two threes. It's an undoubtedly really good line. That brings him to the 240th best player this season. He had one other big game on opening night. He's really done nothing in between. The minutes have been all over the place. He might continue to start. I don't know. But I also do not care. Right? This is a big outlier game for Reddish. It's a very good game. But I have seen Cam Reddish do it. Even if he does it next game, I won't buy in. I have seen it before. I've seen him do it many times. And then he goes missing for weeks on end. I'm not buying it. Um, I'm also, you know, on the flip side of that, I don't really care that Roland Barrett had four points in 19 minutes. Is it disgustingly bad? Yes. Did he shoot 20% from the field? Yes. Was he a horrendous negative minus 14? Yes. But it's one game. He had been playing really well prior to this. He still is a category herder because he's, you know, bad seals, blocks, assists, field goals, and free throws. But for what he does in bringing scoring, I wouldn't worry too much here. Obi Toppin, only 15 minutes. Uh, okay, I, I, don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. He'd been playing well in that backup center role, but you know, Thibodeau made him Julius Randle's exclusive backup so he could give Lionheart Jericho Sims 25 minutes. You just made the list! 8-8 eight eight for Sims in 25 minutes. He was one of those bench players that got the additional run, and that meant that Hartenstein only played 23 minutes. Now, 14-7, and seven, it's still a good line. It's just frustrating when Thibodeau mix, moves his guys around. I would still hold Hartenstein. One of the other guys that benefit was Quickly. He had 24, 1 and 5, 3 steals and a block. I have seen Emmanuel Quickly score big before. I have seen Emmanuel Quickly and push for him to be a starter many, many times. And then he'll go 1 of 8 for 4 points in 19 minutes. This is what Tom Thibodeau does. But this quickly got the minutes because Brunson played under 24 minutes. Brunson still had 17, 1 and 7. But he, like Hartenstein and like Barrett, were big negatives in the plus minus. Randall was also one. But of course, Tom Thibodeau's mate can't be reduced in playing time for whatever reason. He did have 25 and 10, Randall, but he was not immune to the suckiness that was the starting group. Yeah, so don't react to this for quickly. Don't react to it for Reddish. Don't react to it for Sims. Don't react to it for Barrett. Don't react to it for Hartenstein. It's a weird game by a bad coach. Also, Quentin Grimes is so far away from even having 16-team league value. He had an 8 trillion shout-out to Tony Snell. Yeah, we know it. It's always going to be a shout-out to Tony Snell when we get a um, when we get a trillion like that. Not um, Yeah, not great. But, yeah, that game is just a weird one. And that's what happens when the Knicks are involved sometimes. This isn't a weird one. This is easy because today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. You're looking to hire. It can be high stakes. It costs you money if you get it wrong. It costs you time. It costs you energy. It costs you production, productivity. So get it right the first time. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go in, add a, add a job. Look, really easy. LinkedIn Jobs, easy. I Go and create that job everything you need in there, and then go to your LinkedIn profile and add the purple hashtag hiring frame, and that lets your network know that you are indeed hiring. That's what the word means. Screening questions make it easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and the experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. I wish this was available when I was looking to hire people in my former life as a pharmacist, just sifting through resumes, trying to find the right people, wasting your time with phone calls and interviews. It's a disaster. Small businesses love LinkedIn Jobs because they deliver quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free terms and conditions. Apply. The second game of the day. The Memphis Grizzlies without most of their good players. Um, they still had Dylan Brooks, of course, but you know those two things don't marry up. They lost to the Washington Wizards. The uh, final score in this one, where is my thing? 102 to 92. 
as the Wizards, a little bit of momentum happening here for the old Washington Wizards as they push forward. Again, it does help that Jaron was out, Jar was out, Des Bain was out, all those guys were out. So we got a Santi Aldama resurgence. Should you buy into it? Please don't. 15 and 7, three threes, one steal, three blocks. That is undeniably a really good game. Jaron is going to be back this week. And yes, Aldama will be still in the rotation, but he's not getting enough playing time as is. He is 130th on the season, but it's not good enough. It's not useful enough to hold and wait while Jackson's return is here. Like, hold him. Okay, let me rephrase. Hold Aldama if you want, but if something good comes on the wire, drop him. Who cares? See you later. Miss a game. It doesn't matter. The standard stream works. It always works. Tyus Jones out 17. Oh, sorry. John Moran out. Tyus Jones in 17, 3 and 5, 3 steals. Didn't shoot well, but we don't really care. Speaking of not shooting well, Dylan Brooks. We knew that he'd be bad in this one, and he was. 19 points on 22 shots, three threes, 32%. The bloke just misses everything. Like, he's just, I cannot stand it. He's my worst. Jeremy Grant's not quite there anymore. Probably Sadiq Bay and Dylan Brooks is my worst two players to watch. But Brooks has got to be number one. I cannot stand watching the bloke. So all my analysis on Dylan Brooks, bear that in mind, but also bear in mind that he's a 233rd ranked player. And that's got nothing to do with my personal opinion of him. He's just bad. So you don't need to roster him in 12-team leagues. You also can very, very comfortably jack off Brandon Clark. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, he's better than a 14% shooter, but only 15 minutes. It's not going to get better with Jaron back, I don't think. Four and five, absolutely no point in holding him. While Lil John Concha, yeah! 37 minutes replacing Bane. He's a good rebounder for his size. He didn't do too much else. He's just a stream emergency type guy. While Adams had 12, 10, and 6. A few people have asked me, hey, what happens to Adams with Jaron back? I'm not sure how much it actually changes stuff for Steve. He probably, look, he's not playing 35 minutes a night. He's playing 27, 28. Like maybe there's a one minute impact. I don't really think that a huge amount changes for Steve Adams when Jaron Jackson returns. For the Wizards, Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. 25 and 6, 6 triples, 2 steals, 2 blocks. I'm going to give him an honorary Richie because he had 2 assists as well. 2 for 2, 2, 2. Could... Nah, I won't do that. But we know it was a mistake that the Wizards signed Bradley Beal to a 5-year full max trade kick and no trade clause. We know, we know that's a mistake. But are they better without him? No, they're not. But are they? No, they're not. But also, are they? No, they're not. But are they? No, they're not. Anyway, Jordan Goodwin. I think he played the final 17 minutes of this game. 10, 8, and 4. Steal a block, three threes, 26 minutes. I tell you what Jordan Goodwin is. He's just good. Like, I think he's just good. I don't know if there's much upside, but I will tell you this. You can't ignore a player who's top 70 over the last week. Now, when Beal comes back, he might be eliminated from the rotation. But there is so much crap in this rotation that, yeah, is he better than Monty Morris? Debate it. Is he better than Will Barton? Mm. No, you, Will! No, he's ready to sack that. Run, Will! Look, they play different positions, but is he better than Rui Hachimura? Is he better than Corey Kispert? I don't know, but, you know, in a 14-team league, I'm grabbing Jordan Goodwin, no problem, and we'll see what they do. And, you know, this is a better game from Monte Morris, 10-6-6, and six, two steals and a block, but also, I, 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 I also don't care. Oh, where's the sound? Get that garbage out of here! I just don't think it's worth it. There's no point holding Will Barton, there's... Rui Hachimura is still rostered in too many leagues. Now, I fail to believe that there is 30% of leagues being run in Japan for fantasy basketball. Like, why is everyone rostering Rui Hachimura, the 238th ranked player in category leagues and 185th in points leagues? Why are people holding onto him? People 
love. They froth. They froth points. Did you see Rui? He had 15. Yeah, okay. All right. They love it. They love a big scoring night. No, I, I, I don't... Under, it's John Ray Hunter as well. Like, it's, it's left... left uh, what is it called? Left side box score. I think, but even on some box scores, the points are on the right. Whatever it is, it's big number syndrome. It's big number syndrome. Three points isn't a big number. You can obviously jack uh, Rui Hachimura off. Corey Kispert did all right. In Beal's spot, 12 points with two triples and two steals, but he is only a, uh, a deeper league guy, maybe with some 14-team stream ability at the moment. Let's go to the next one, the Minnesota Timberwolves. This was a... Um, yeah, this is a pretty wild game. I thought... Well, not I thought. It obviously was. As the Wolves pull it out, 129... 124 over the Cavs, but not after a gigantic comeback by Cleveland, fueled almost 100% entirely by Darius Garland. His fourth quarter, I think he scored 30 in the fourth quarter. If not, he was pretty close to it. And I, I want to be able, I don't have the numbers yet, but I want to be able to get how many, what his actual usage was in that fourth quarter, because it had to be 70 plus. He was dropping, he was just getting every, every he was doing everything. It was crazy. And of course, it's not even the best line of the day. We'll talk about the Wolves side of things first. We'll talk about how bad D'Angelo Russell has been. And then he turns out this, 32 and 12, four triples, 85% shooting. Of course, he missed a key free throw at the end, but they got away with it. Do we buy into this with Russell? I don't know, but this game elevates him to 63rd over the last week. And with some of his bad performances, you'd be pretty surprised with that. I think this is good. Hopefully, it gives him more confidence. I'm more worried about the fact that they've just been benching him in previous games. This was good, though. Also, it's a big game from Towns. 29 and 13, 3 threes, steal on a block. 69% shooting. Giggity. Unfortunately, just 67 from the uh, from the line. And Gobert had 15 and 13 with two blocks. Still a little bit low on the field goals, Rudy, but he is improving. I tell you who isn't improving, though, and that's Anthony Edwards. Goose is 93rd for the season, 150th over the last week. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with him. And I don't know what it is. 10 and 7 with no threes, no steals, 39%. Didn't get to the free throw line. These games from Edwards is why I was really down on him in the draft. I think I had him like seventh, which is obviously wrong. But I was really down. I just didn't know what... I didn't think he'd be this efficient uh, scorer who could dominate games. I didn't think that was possible. And he looked not like that player for two years. This year, there's something completely off with his game. He just... He just looks bad. Now... I did push back a lot on him being picked in the top 20 or, or the second round, but I didn't expect him to be this bad. I thought, you know, th late third, early fourth was a bit better option, but he's just been trash. But there is a big, big buy low opportunity here. He won't continue to be this bad. The artist formerly known as Torian Prince chipped in with 19 points on six shots in 22 minutes. It's a little bit fluky. While our favorite foul machine, Jaden McDaniels, fouled out in 31 minutes. And this guy's ups and downs are so annoying. Nine and two with one steal and zero blocks. His rebounds, they're always going to be low. The scoring changes, the defensive stats change. He's a top 100 player for the year. Points leagues, you don't... Points leagues, see you later. 12, 10 points leagues, do not worry with Jaden McDaniels. He's 147th. You're better off streaming it. Right? He's going to be so up and down that I don't think you need to hold. But category leagues, with his ability to provide defensive stats, there is something there. But it's you're going to be baked with frustration all season with him. I am pretty, pretty sure. Um... The Cavs. Let's talk about Garland. 51 points. 10 triples, 6 assists, and 2 steals. 
52% from the field. He was 10 of 15 from three. Unfortunately, just 69% from the line, which is frustrating. Giggity. But he was amazing. And we talked about, oh, and there was a few poor games from him. He didn't look right. His knee was off. He's sick. He was sick. His eye was done. This is great. He's not going to be like this every night because, of course, Donovan Mitchell was out. Jared Allen was out. Dean Wade was out. But he carried this team hard. It's it's good. It gets him back on track. Um, Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. 13, 5, and 5 in 28 minutes. I don't think he'll be a 12-team league player when Mitchell plays and when we get them, those two rolling together. But this was solid. Well, Love played 29 minutes, 15, 5, and 4. 27% is rough. I think he's okay for 12-team leagues, but the upside for Kevin Love is pretty low. Evan Mobley, speaking of buy lows on young players, it's there for him. Four points, yuck. 13 rebounds is good, but 25% shooting, but a usage of 12. We thought there might be some struggles with him getting usage this season with Mitchell around and not being able to take that second year step forward in usage. I didn't know how he would get the shots, but he's regressed a lot, like a lot of second year players have this season. It's not a sophomore slump. It's not a sophomore slump because I can go through and find you 10 second year players who have improved significantly. But the good ones have actually dropped, well, not the good ones, the top three rookie of the years, Cade, Mobley, and Barnsley, have all fallen away. I think they'll get it on track, but they are struggling a little bit here. With all those players out, we got uh, 28 Discman minutes, CD Asman, 14, 4, and 2 in 28. And we also got a 30-minute start from Lamar Stevens. 15 and 6, 50% shooting. I would not buy into that, like, at all. Not even close to getting excited about Lamar Stevens providing anything for me. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net, the number one source for betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for professional and amateur leagues over at betonline.net from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And they're always the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting fixed. Now, we all know that the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl, so you can get your bets on over there at betonline.net. We can also check, oh, we've got a, oh, we've got a buy next week. That's an Al. Got to adjust my fantasy team because I've got Jalen Waddle, but no Dolphins, but we can check out their Super Bowl futures. You can also check out the odds of the Buffalo Bills bouncing back after that crazy game against the Vikings. They're nine-point favorites against the Cleveland Browns for next week. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. Um, all right, so that was crazy from Darius Garland. Let's go to another game with some insanity. The Jazz and the Sixers. A good win for Philadelphia here. They win it 105-98, the final score. Malik Beasley keeps on rolling. 18 points with four threes. Again, it's all about threes and volume for him. Four rebounds, two assists doesn't really do much for us, but he's playing really well. And you can roll with him. I don't think it lasts, but you can roll with him. Olenek played 29 minutes, 19 and six with a steal. Just solid, solid enough. Be a little bit worried about Jared Vanderbilper. Only 24 minutes, 9 and 10, 3 assists, didn't close out the game. His minutes are getting replaced by Colin Sexton. That's where he's losing them to at the moment because they weren't replaced by Walker Kessler, who played only 12 minutes. And that's my concern with Kessler. Now, the line is still good. 9 rebounds, 3 blocks is unbelievable. Like That is such great streaming. But do you actually believe that someone who plays 12 minutes is going to get those numbers every game? Probably not. But he is the best shot-blocking option out there on the waiver wire, and that might make sense for your team. Marketing slowed down a bit. 15 and 10, and Clarkson, the man on the street, had 12, 5, and 3. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Yeah, they're not great lines. They're not terrible. Well, Conley's was pretty bad, 3 points, but he did chip in with 8 assists. Well, Colin Sexton, 1 of 5 from the line. That hurts. He had 15 points, but no threes, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. When we talk about category league value for Colin Sexton, this is what we mean. He can score, but low threes, low rebounds, low assists, low steals. Like, it hurts in so many areas. 
And that's what has led him to not be, not even a top 175 player this season. In points leagues, he's 169th. There's a little bit more value there. I still think you want to hold him in 12s, but his minutes are up and down. His production's off. He's not the number one guy or number two guy. And he needs to be the number one or number two guy to be fantasy relevant in 33 minutes. And I, I, don't, I don't think that it's coming. But you know, I'd be shit scared that a trade happens or he starts playing 33 a night and putting up top 80 numbers. But I don't actually think it's going to happen. For the Sixers, this is one of the biggest lines you will ever see. 37 minutes for Joel Embiid. 59 points with 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal, and 7 blocks. That is a 4 by 7 He shot 68 from the field, and he went 20 of 24 from the line for 83%. That swung matchups. That is a ludicrous game. Unbelievable game. He is now the seventh-ranked player for the season. He is now the third-ranked player in points leagues. This was on a back-to-back. He scored over 100 points in the last two games. He actually dropped, I think, 100 Yahoo Fantasy points today. I'm going to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure he dropped like 101. 103 he dropped today. What on earth? Ah, that's that's crazy. The Sixers and Glenn Rivers MD decided to start the painter Matisse Thibel instead of the wave pulled D'Anthony Melton. Now, Thibel sort of did his thing, 27 minutes, two points. But he had five steals, he had a block, he had six rebounds. He's just a defensive specialist for steals, and I don't trust it. As for Melton, 6-6-2 six, six, and two is not really good enough. We hoped that he'd be able to do some really good things without Harden, and he was playing 30 minutes a night. Now he's back. Maybe his back was still an issue here. I'd like to hold for a little bit more. I don't think that Melton is going to be a long-term must-hold player, but I do think he's worth holding here while Harden is out. Tyrese Maxey continues to be not the greatest shooter in the world. I don't know how many times I talked about that in the offseason, saying that his numbers were great, but you're requiring him to be a 46% three-point shooter to continue this same level or improve, and he's not going to do it. And he's on a real slump here. So maybe there's a buy low. But Tyrese Maxey is now 87th for the season, 179th over the last week. He had 18-3-3 on 33%, and he buoyed his value by having four steals here, which he doesn't normally do. The Thick Hogsmans has also been buoying his value or buoying his value with steals this season. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Um, His numbers have been like, he's still ready. He's like double career best. So then when he has a night like 8-6-2 with a triple zero and 33% shooting and no free throws, he sucks. I've been maintaining he was someone I faded all offseason and he's exceeded expectations. I maintain that he will not continue to exceed those expectations and he will not finish inside the top 80 is my guess. He's 60th at the moment. He's 72nd in points leagues. I think there's going to be more drops coming from Toby Harris. Georgie Yang had five points with a triple and that's really all there is to talk about with the old uh, Philadelphia 76ers, but just honestly, a marvelous performance, an unbelievable performance from Joel Embiid. Speaking of unbelievable, the Bulls are unbelievably bad. They lose to the Nuggets 126-103 at home. Maga Porter Jr. said 50% shooting from three. What do the kids say? Bet. 31 points, six triples, two steals. He shot 67 from three. He shooted, His shot looks amazing. It looks so good when he shoots it. Now he's going to have some off nights, but this was great. He only played 24 minutes because they just kicked their ass. He just didn't need to be out there. Big Chungus only took four shots. Four shots for Nikola Jokic. Um, Jokic is now the fourth-ranked player this season. He had eight, six, and 14 with three steals. He had 10 assists in the first half, only 28 minutes. They killed him. 
No Bones Highland, so Bruce Brown remains a streamer, 12, 11, and 6. And the headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 23 with two threes, two rebounds, two assists, and two steals. That gets a Richie as well. Two for two, two, two. Christian Brown was out of the rotation last game. Played 26 minutes here. Thanks, Doctor. Nine points in 26 minutes for two with two steals for Brown. Not something we need to care too much about. While Aaron Gordon and Contavious Caldwell-Pope were middling. 13-5-2, and 10-3-2 for Gordon and KCP, respectively. They probably both are 12-team league guys for now, but realistically, only sort of back-end guys. DeAndre Jordan continues to be the worst player in the NBA, a title he has now held for five consecutive seasons, I believe. On to the Bulls. Patrick Williams, 15-4, two threes, one steal, two blocks. That's good enough to hold, but the Bulls don't play... They probably play two games this week. They don't play until... Is it Friday they play? Anyway, oh, no, no, that's not this week. I think I'm getting my schedules confused. If you just play with yourselves for a second, and I'll bring up the schedule and have a look exactly what the Bulls look like for this week so I don't pass out false information. Um, where is the Bulls and their schedule for this week? No, they do play two games this week on Wednesday and Friday, both high-volume days. So is it worth you um, holding on to him? I don't know. I don't know if his upside is good enough to deal with a two-game week. I'll tell you whose upside isn't good enough to deal with a two-game week, and I know I'm going to cop it, and I know I'm going to regret it, but let's all jack off Ayo Desumu. Get that garbage out of here! When Levine sits, sure. If Crusoe's out, no worries. But as I have maintained, a low-usage point guard who is getting by on 60% two-point shooting, which doesn't feel like it's real, is going to lose value. Desumu is the 119th-ranked player now. He's fallen outside the top 100 in a points league. Uh, yeah, fight. see you later. Absolutely no problem. He had 7-2-4 with two steals on 33%. He's really falling away. And with only two games this week, I don't think it's... If you drop him, who's going to rush to scoop to Sumu? Probably no one. Especially with Goran Dragachow playing him game by game. Andre Drummond had a 22-minute double-double, but I don't really think there's much more to that apart from streaming. DeRozan had 16 points. He struggled a bit. It wasn't great. Um, Levine had 21-5-4. Like, fine. Yeah, DeRozan is now 68th over the last week. Hmm. Dragic... Playing pretty well, 11-1-6. He's just like a nice 14-16 to 16 team league guy. While Vooch, uh, Vooch had put together some good ones, but now that's bad. 9-6, and six, no other stats. 23 minutes, Jokic killed him. It was just a bad game. I, I think this Bulls team is legitimately just bad. And you know, I don't, don't think I predicted them for the playoffs in the in the preseason. I think they're just actually bad. And you know, part of the reason they were able to be good last season was a player by the name of Lonzo Ball. And I don't know when he is returning. And that's a problem for them. All right. Next one is the Warriors. They go down to the Kings. Their troubles continue. The Kings looking a little bit better. Steph doesn't really have any troubles, but the trouble is that they've been to play him so many minutes and he has to carry such a large load for them to still lose. 27-6-4 and in 37 minutes for Steph. I expected the Warriors would be able to coast a little bit this season, that Steph wouldn't shoot these unbelievable numbers that he has been, but he has. And you're me having him at like nine looks stupid. Simple as that. Will he be able to continue at this pace? I don't know. It worries me a little bit, but he's looking great. Wiggins is also really, really solid here. 24 points, three triples and two steals. Still not convinced that he's going to be a top 50 guy, but that's what he has been. Well, it was a better game for Clay Thompson. 32 minutes, 17 and seven, five triples. Still not a top 200 player for the season. Better in points leagues. And I still would hold him in 12 teamers, but he's going to sit tomorrow most likely. Really like this from Looney, 29 minutes. 8 and 10 with two blocks. Really solid stream for tomorrow. But let's talk about Jordan Poole because it's a real worry, isn't it? Because 18 points looks good. But he played just 20 minutes. 20 minutes. I had concerns heading into this season for Poole. 
How's he going to go as a backup? Can he ever hit 30 minutes regularly? The answer to those two things have been, how's he going to go? Bad? And will he hit 30 minutes? Not really. But I didn't think it'd be this bad. He only played 20 minutes in this game, not because he had foul trouble, not because he was hurt, really. He just got cooked on defense, and they just didn't want him out there, really. And that's what it boils down to. They want other players out there. Now, the 18 points and three threes is still good, but he's not a top 140 player this season. He's not a top 100 points league guy. I think you've got to stick with him. But that top 60, top 70 thought that we may have had, or some may have had, I don't, I don't think I had him in there. I'm pretty sure I didn't. I didn't end up with him on any of my teams, so that would suggest I didn't. Um, we've got to reassess that because he just struggles in this role, whereas last year he played as a starter for 80% of the season. Kaminga had three points in 14 minutes. Wiseman continues to be a DMP. So are people still holding Wiseman? Um, yeah. Get that garbage out of here! For the Kings, some big games. Sabonis, 26 and 22 with eight assists. Of course, he didn't block any shots and he was bad from the line, but it's still a really good game. After a slow start, he's turned it around. Darren Fox was also really, really good. 22, 4 and 8 with three steals and a block. And finally, 37 minutes for Keegan Murray. 21 points, five triples, three steals. He's not going to be this good every night, but he did this on only 19% usage, and that's a really big step forward. This is why I wanted to hold him to see where it goes, and it went well. Vander Pants had 17, 5, and 4. Kevin Herter with four triples continue to hold him, while the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy! Ah, uh, the double combo. It's undefeated. Nine points in 27 minutes with zero rebounds. There is no reason, in my opinion, to have Harrison Barnes rostered in a 10 or 12 team league in category or points league formats. Only 24 minutes for Malik Monk, which I don't love, but 12 points, four assists, seven or seven from the line. It does get it done. I am still holding him. I would much prefer to have him over Harrison Barnes without any shadow of a doubt. Davion Mitchell continues to be, let's be honest, actually really bad. Like, he's not good. Two points in 14 minutes. I, he's, I don't know I don't know what to say. He's bad. Like, he's just a bad player. But if Fox gets hurt, I would go again and add him because he is going to get those minutes. While Chemezi Metu has taken the backup role away from Rashawn Holmes. Eight points in 13 minutes for Metu. Also, Trey Lyles, who had been playing well and had been playing a lot, uh, was a scoreless, had a scoreless five minutes. So I don't really understand the ups and downs there in Mike Brown's rotation. All right, let's do the last game of the night. The Lakers beat the Nets pretty comfortably in the end. The final score, 116-103 to the Lakers. For the Nets, Seth Curry was out resting on a back-to-back. and Ben Simmons was also out. No word of him on the injury report until about an hour or so before the game with that knee injury. I don't actually know what to do with Ben Simmons. Like, I'm at a loss. He is 129th on a per-game basis in points leagues. He's 158th around there in category leagues. But it's not really getting better, is it? He's staying on the bench. He's playing basically the backup center role. Now the knee's flared up again. I still think that we can get a top 100 season out of Simmons. But this again, like we can talk about him having issues last season or having the back surgery. And then something completely different flares up. Like now it's his knee and the fact that he's now a backup center. Like... You could have polled a million people at the start of the season. Hey, guys, what do you think? Do you reckon the chances of Ben Simmons playing 30 minutes a night are higher or him being the reserve center behind Nick Claxton? Which one of those chances are higher? So center doesn't even play center. What are you talking about? Here he is, playing center as the backup. Yeah, screwing with all his fantasy value. I'm inclined to hold, but it's rough, man. You know what? Anabe was back. He played well. 
11 and 5, two assists and a block. He's probably just like a 16-team league player, but I'd like to watch that. While Durant had 31, 9 and 7 and two blocks, excellent game for him. Still no word exactly on when Kyrie is going to return. Cam Thomas ended with 15 points. Some of that was garbage time. I wouldn't bother holding on to Cam Thomas. Yeah, Curry was out of this one as well. I don't think that he is a 12-team league guy. Well, with um, Simmons out and Nick Claxton getting hurt, Markeith Morris played 20 minutes. He had 5, 4, and 5. We have to do absolutely nothing with that. The Royce O'Neal train fell off a little bit here. 6, 4, and 4. He did have two steals, got those late, but shot only 25% from the field and 50% from the line. He's had some real struggles from two-point range this season. I still don't think he's going to remain as a 12-team league must-roster guy or at least a top 100 guy when all is said and done, but he is for now. While Claxton only played 16 minutes, 8 and 5, no blocks, got hit in the head, and then uh, had to leave with an eye contusion. So we hope that he is going to be okay. If he is out... Maybe they give some more minutes to Dayron Sharp, who ended up playing four minutes here, but Markeith Morris was unfortunately in the rotation ahead of him. Edmund Sumner started. He didn't do much. He's only he's maybe a 14-team streamer, but Seth will come back next game, I'd expect, and that will limit what um, Sumner can do. For the Lakers, LeBron is out. Remember, the Lakers don't play again until Friday, so LeBron will be back in that one. Anthony Davis had 37-18, and 18, a gigantic game, while Westbrook had 14-6-12, and 12, a pretty good game, apart from the 27% shooting, but he continues to hit free throws, which is, as one Sheave Palpatine would say, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Lonnie Walker did the Lonnie Walker thing. 25 points with four threes, and then one rebound, and nothing else. He shot 60% from the field, 80% from three. He got here on ludicrously good shooting. Lonnie Walker is still not a top 100 player this season. They don't play till Friday. I don't think that Lonnie Walker is a absolute must. Is he one of your best 10 players? Is he one of your best 11 players? If the answer to that is no, then the fact that they don't play for four games, especially like in a 10-teamer, I think he's droppable. Now, I know a lot of people won't like that because they love the scoring output. But when it's not there, when LeBron plays and the usage is down, and he doesn't hit 80% from three. Look, for as good as he's been, and he has been good this season, it still doesn't translate into great fantasy value. Austin Reeves had 15 points while Troy Brown had 9 and 4 and 2 steals. There's just really not much going on with the Lakers, to be honest, from a fantasy perspective. Kendrick Nunn did nothing. He has been honestly useless this season. I can't believe how bad he has been. While Max Christie had 9 rebounds and nothing else. One of the weirdest lines you'll see. Took one shot, missed it, and had 9 rebounds. Austin Reeves started for LeBron, 15 points with 3 threes, but I don't really think there's a huge amount we take out of that one. Let's look at the lines of the night. Who do you reckon the monstrous is going to be? It's Joel Embiid. There were some other contenders, but they weren't actually really contenders. Embiid was so far ahead. He gets the monstrous. Monstrous. The waiver wire is Cam Reddish. Big game. I don't think we buy it in 12s. Young gun is Josh Giddy. Bilo is over. And the dud of the night, because of those bad free throws and the lack of any sort of supporting numbers, is Colin Sexton, the Padawan. Your top 10 players today in category leagues. Number one is Embiid. Then Shea, Garland, Durant, Anthony Davis, Giddy, D'Angelo Russell, DeMontis Sabonis, Carl Anthony Towns, and Maga Porter Jr., your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Reddish and Quickly, don't trust that at all. Torian Prince, no thank you. Robinson Earl, this is 16-team league stuff. Matisse Thibel, stream for steals, but more deeper leagues. Jordan Goodwin, the only guy I really would consider out of that top six as a 12-teamer. Kevon Looney, a great stream for tomorrow with the Warriors playing. Tyus Jones, stream him as long as Jar is out. Denny Avdia, great, but... Still just 16 teamers. And then Corey Kispert, deeper leagues, and only while Beal is out. And your top 10 in points leagues. Embiid, Garland, 
Gildas Alexander, Sabonis, Davis, Durant, Towns, Russell, Giddy, and Fox. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Odyssey. And on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.